Texas A&M got beaten at home by Appalachian State. How much more pressure does this put on the Miami Hurricanes to go into College Station and get a dub? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen and your first watch today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 and this is clearly the time of year to sign up for that so so much chatter after you know Miami starts slow finishes very strong gets a 30 to 7 win over Southern Miss and then during that game I see Canes fans like oh with this Southern Miss perform how's Miami gonna beat Texas A&M are we ready for it and then Texas A&M right after Miami's game loses to Appalachian State at home quite a shocking turn of events here uh and so how much pressure does this add? We are joined by a very good friend of the show who makes his triumphant return. It's been a minute. Brad Tejeda from CanesInsight.com. Brad, how are you? And how does Texas A&M falling at home to the Mountaineers change the landscape here heading into this week? Brother, what's going on, man? It's it's great to be back here with you, man. Always talking Canes football, man. You you always got great guests. I see you got my guy Luke Cheney on He's here on a man. weekly basis, man. The the young man's been been a grinder, man. I, I love I love the stuff he does, man. He's putting in that work along with uh, Gabby and a couple other guys you got on. But um, it's always great talking ball with you. But yeah, man, Jimbo Fisher, talk about being on the hot seat, right? Uh, losing to App State, um, you know, it's it's a bummer for for me personally because I will be at College Station uh, this weekend, and I was I was hoping for College Game Day to be there, but you know, yeah. because Jimbo dropped the ball, um, College Game Day will be going elsewhere now. Um, but man, Jimbo. Fisher, um, this is not the same head coach at Florida State, um, unfortunately. And what you're seeing with this team is quarterback play is a very significant part in college football. You're seeing it with Texas A&M. You're seeing it with the team in my backyard in the Florida Gators. You know, two-point conversion, you become a Heisman candidate, and then you get a couple more throws under your belt, and people realize you're not really a good quarterback. So we will see what happens this weekend coming up, but it's going to be a big opportunity for the Miami Hurricanes football team. Um, I think we all knew going into this season, there were two games marked on our calendar where we knew we had to step it up and bring our A game. And this is going to be the first test. We had our two preseason games of the schedule, and this is where the game planning, the execution um, is going to be very key. And on that quarterback situation for Texas A&M, um, I think maybe one way that Miami fans can look at Texas A&M losing to Appalachian State, I think there's a couple ways you can say that may not be a good thing for Miami. Number one, we covered this in our postgame episode yesterday. This is only going to make Texas A&M more angry and even more motivated heading into Miami. That's harder to quantify. But the other thing is their starting quarterback, Haynes King, is so bad and he was so bad yesterday against app state through for 97 yards yesterday that i think it may have reached a point where they're gonna have to turn to max johnson who i think a is better and can be better than haynes king and b 
don't have film on him the same way that they have it on Haynes King. So that that could that could potentially be a good thing for Texas A&M that may not have happened. I don't think they'd be making this quarterback switch, and we'll see if they actually do it. But I don't think they would make it if they'd won the game against Appalachian State. So now Miami may have to be contending with a better quarterback who they can't study as well. No, absolutely, Alex. I 100% agree. I was talking about that yesterday. Um, you know, with Haynes King, you know, getting all the snaps the first two weeks, this goes into week three where now this coaching staff yet again is going to have to game plan for something they have not expected yet, right? You're talking about first week we played uh, Bethune-Cookman, you know, the, the quarterback play there. You know, we haven't seen tape on him since I think his high school film. You know, some of the other guys that they were using around, you were having to go two to three years back to get some film on them. You talk about this past weekend with Southern Miss. You know, we weren't sure if the starting quarterback would be in play. He obviously wasn't, so you had a backup quarterback that you really weren't sure what his, you know, what his pros and cons were. So you were going into the game with the game plan, hey, we need to stop Frank Gore Jr. We did just that. The, the young man had seven carries, 10 yards. They had a total rushing yards of only 33 yards for Southern Miss. So you went into the game plan first two weeks, and even though we started off slow, the game plan turned out good for Miami, and we ended up getting the dubs in both. Now you're going into this Texas A&M game where the game plan is obviously Haynes King, um, and, and stopping those receiving core on the outside. But now with Max Johnson uh, not being able to play yet, it could be a good thing and a bad thing for Miami. You know, the bad thing could be is, hey, this is another week. You're going to have to game plan for something you haven't seen yet. The good thing could be is, hey, if Max Johnson does get the start or if he does come in, you know, to, to replace Haynes King throughout the game, these are live reps that Max Johnson has not been able to get yet. Um, so, so you're going to get a, a benefit and, and, you know, possibly something that could not favor. But at the end of the day, we got Mario Cristobal and this staff for one reason, one reason only. And that is to game plan and that is to adjust throughout a football game when you have teams and matchups like this. And you have seen within two weeks already, even though they're not the matchup and the athleticism of a team like Texas A&M going into this weekend, the game planning before the game, the adjustments after halftime, specifically this past weekend, were definitely made. It was adjusted, and we we ended up, you know, doing pretty well. You made a brilliant point with the adjustments, and uh, I had an, an Auburn fan telling me after yesterday's Miami win, you know, someone who knows Kevin Steele very well, at least knows his style of, of calling defenses, to tell me, hey, like you're you're seeing it, how good. Kevin Steele, Miami's defensive coordinator, is at making halftime adjustments, right? That that's, I think, a really big thing that some fans take for granted because, like, two weeks in, it's like, how did Miami start so slow on defense that they've been lights out as soon as they adjust? And they were lights out, you know, 27 unanswered points for the Canes on Saturday, pitched a second-half shutout. You see the adjustments that are there. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the defensive play, Brad. And one of the first things I want to get into on that note is because my inbox on every social media platform is full of people asking me about Avante Williams. What's going on with Avante Williams? There are multiple layers to this. I, I really can't speak on what's going through the young man's mind right now. You know, I know that he has, I guess, scrubbed anything that mentions Miami from his Instagram and maybe from his other social media platforms. So he's clear, he's clearly not happy. Um, I, I cannot confirm or deny whether he wants to get into the transfer portal. I don't know any of that kind of stuff yet. As far as him not getting on the field very much. Um, I am led to believe Brad that it's, it's merit based that if he's not getting on the field over the likes of 
James Williams and Cam Kinchins and even Al Blades Jr., that if he's not getting on the field before these guys, that it's based on what's happening in practice. What do you think is going on with Avante Williams? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, this is this is a high caliber young man who, I mean, the athleticism and the talent is obviously there, right? You, you heard before the season started, he was making, you know, strides and he was one of those guys that the, the staff continued to rave about. So we know the talent and the capability is there, right? But the other aspect of that is when you're a first year head coach in Mario Cristobal, the, the, the meaning of the University of Miami and rebuilding the atmosphere, the culture, the way it should look on and off the field of being a Miami hurricane. There's a lot of implements and a lot of things that go into it, not just what you do on the football field. You have to carry yourself a certain way at all times being a true University of Miami hurricane in this day and age of the way Mario Cristobal wants you to go, right? That's one thing. The other thing is when you do get opportunities, we need to make sure that, you know, you're doing your job right. You know, unfortunately, you know, you got a guy like DJ Avi in two weeks that when he's played, you have still seen some mistakes, right? Yeah. So it's, that has to be fixed. When you go to a guy like Avante Williams, the athleticism's there. He flashes on, on the tape. But just in the first week, he had 14 snaps week one, and he had a P PFF grade of like a 45.8, which was second worst on the team. So as good as Avante is talent-wise, there are still things that need to be, you know, focused on the field. And then I think going into the second week, I think there were some things that were talked about off the field. I think there were some things that they wanted to see how Avante Williams reacted to, whether that was not playing as much, um, you know, putting certain things in place to see how he would react to it. And I don't think you saw the reaction that everyone wanted to see off of him um, based off, off the field, right? Um, you got to be bought into this program. Um, and I think Avante Williams – He's got he's got to figure out very quickly if he wants to be on the ship or off of it, because we're going to be leaving regardless. Um, and I think when you look at, you know, the two guys you mentioned in Cam Kitchens and James Williams, these guys are just as good players, if not better. They, they have done everything they can in two weeks now to where they should be on the field at all times. Um, and that's what you want to see from from the Miami Hurricanes is productive play and consistency. And those two guys definitely have brought it. Um, I wish Avante Williams nothing but the best. Um, like you said, you know, there's not much. We can really say at the moment, but I think people do have to realize, even though these are, you know, football players that we're watching on Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, they do have a life. Um, and Avante Williams does have, you know, two, two young, two young kids. You know, he has a personal life as well, where he's got to juggle a lot, man. There, there's a lot that go on through these young men's lives on a daily basis. Um, so that's another thing to look at that. I don't think people, you know, really look into. Um, but at the end of the day, Avante Williams, you know, if he wants to be a Miami hurricane, uh, I definitely ho hope he wants to be. But if not, we got other good players that, that can definitely fill in. I, I look for a guy like Brian Balaam to get a lot more reps and shine. I think he can definitely produce for us a uh, young rising star, Markeith Williams. I think Markeith um, is definitely going to show a little bit more flashes for us as well. Um, but, yeah, man, as far as Avante Williams, we got to keep on moving. If he wants to play, he can. But I think um, you definitely got to handle things on and off the field a little bit better. Guys, we have so much to get to on this episode of Locked on Canes. This is going to be, you know, I, I say this about every episode, but this one is is even more loaded than usual, I think, uh, because every time Brad Tejeda joins us, you know we're going to talk a lot of recruiting. So we're going to ask Brad about players like wide receiver Tyler Williams, wide receiver Hakeem Williams. Both of them are announcing uh, within the upcoming days and weeks. Damon Wilson, who's getting a lot of Ohio State buzz now. Chris Johnson, Damari Brown, Samson Okunlola, and there's a lot of buzz now for Miami with wide receiver Edwin Joseph from Chaminade. So we have so much to get to, and I want you guys to let us know 
in the comments and on Twitter. And if you tweet us at Locked On Canes, good chance we're going to reply either on or off the air or both. And if you follow us at Locked On Canes, we will follow you back and let us know, does Miami have extra pressure now to go into College Station and get a victory after Texas A&M found a way to lose to an Appalachian State, give them credit. Always a tough team, a tough out for everybody. We've seen them give Miami fits before. You know, it, it was like forever ago, but yeah, they're famous for upsetting Michigan back in 2007. App State is always tough. How much more pressure is on the Miami Hurricanes? Guys, I feel like the pressure is always off when you play your daily fantasy with underdog fantasy, because it's easy to win money and have a lot of fun. I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your season. It's underdog fantasy and their pick em game for college football. Just look for your favorite Canes players stats on underdog and their mobile app. Pick whether you think they're going to end up higher or lower than their projected stats in this week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick em slip, get all your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with our promo code Locked On. So sign up with our promo code Locked On, and they are going to give you the hookup, my guys. Uh, you can double your first deposit up to $100. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. We're joined by our good friend Brad Tejeda from canesinsight.com. Uh, so, Brad, as far as looking at the pressure, that's on Miami and Mario Cristobal heading into College Station for this big night game coming up on Saturday. As far as internally, I don't think anything changes in terms of Mario Cristobal's mindset and the team's approach. I don't think anything changes because people have to understand, Cristobal puts so much pressure on himself and on his players constantly that that doesn't, like, it doesn't go up and down like the stock market from week to week. They try to treat every game like it's against a top 10 opponent like that. That's just the mindset. So honestly, if, if someone was to say to Mario Cristobal coach after, you know, Appalachian state goes into college station, gets a win. Does that put more pressure on you to get a win? Like Cristobal would probably laugh at that question. Like, I don't think it changes anything internally. I think it's a big change for the fans, right? Because now from the outside looking in, We've seen that Texas A&M, that they're human, that they can be beat, that they're not this, you know, unbeatable uh, Goliath that people were making them out to be preseason, that it's an imperfect team. And Jimbo Fisher is clearly an imperfect coach. So uh, I think the pressure, Brad, is for the fans. Or do you believe this actually adds pressure to Miami to go get it done? I think at the end of the day, the pressure is there before, before, you know, App State even upset at Texas A&M. We, we knew, like I said a little bit earlier, we knew, Mario Cristobal knew, you know, once he got this head coaching job first year, that this was going to be the first big test for him in the Miami Hurricanes. And I, what I like is, you know, from talking to a couple of players just even yesterday after the most recent game, you know, I, I don't like to say that, you know, players and a team kind of look over opponents before the season starts and, and kind of know like, hey, this is the game that needs to get circled. As we know, the way Mario Cristobal runs things, from player interviews, everyone is focused on, on, you know, that day, that week, the matchup. But I can say, you know, the demeanor and the the vocal, the the intensity, the way some of these guys that I have talked to now 
that it is here, the A&M matchup is here, they're in another gear already. Just the way they're talking about things, they know that this is the matchup that everyone is wanting to see. They know the pressure from the fans. They know if they want to be a, the Miami Hurricanes that they are destined to wanting to be, it starts here. And, you know, what I want to see personally, you, you talk about the matchup and the pressure. I want to see what happens with Miami when we get punched in the mouth multiple times and what, how are we going to react to that? Specifically, Josh Gaddis, right? When, when you look at this offense, we haven't really shown much. Um, we haven't really needed to, right? We're, we're, right. we're having a really good uh, rushing attack. Um, when you look at our running backs, we're, we're doing tremendously, you know, whether that's Thad Franklin, uh, Jalen Knighton getting a few touches, or my guy Henry Parrish, who is absolutely the best running back on this team right now. I mean, the, the guy has 37 carries, 217 yards, and four touchdowns, and averaging six yards a carry just in two games. But what I want to see is we know that this team is playing a lot more physical, right? The, the trench play offensively is there. We are pushing guys around. When you get to that second, third quarter going in the fourth, we're pushing guys. What is going to happen when we go up to Texas A&M and we're going against a defensive line that is a lot bigger, a lot stronger, a lot faster than the two teams we played previously? What's going to happen when that physicality and that push from our offensive line isn't getting there in the second or third quarter? You are not playing the teams you were playing in the last two weeks. So when that push isn't there on the offensive line and we are you know, being this ground and pound physical team, what are you going to change and adapt to when those things aren't working? And that's what I want to see with Josh Gaddis. We haven't seen the tight ends b- being used much. We haven't seen Burchard Smith being used that much like we've been hearing all in the offseason. So these are little things that I know we have been practicing, but we have yet to see on the field. And I think a lot of that has to do with game planning and just, you know, holding things in your back pocket until they need to be shown. And I think uh, the staff is doing a very good job at that. And I expect – a completely different offense and defense for this Miami team going into this weekend. I think, you know, what you potentially saw that first drive when we played Florida a couple years ago when we had Dan Enos, that offensive coordinator, that first drive against Florida, we were like, oh, my goodness, we got a whole new play call. Like, this is amazing. After that first drive, it was vanilla as it gets. No sprinkles, no gummy bears, nothing. I expect a bunch of drives like that, back to back to back to back with Josh Gaddis. This this. This guy, I mean, he's not the Broyles award winner for nothing. And so I, I expect big things from this offense and defense. You got to come to play. You got to be physical. Um, the intensity has to be there. The, the minute you get into that stadium and you're warming up, I want to see a different intensity intensity from everyone on this team. Um, because right. I can definitely say, you know, when we played the Clemson, when we played some of these other big-time matchups, being at the game, watching some of these guys warm up, they weren't ready for, from the beginning of kickoff. So I want to see something different. You made some awesome points. Uh, I mean, on on the tight ends, uh, I was very surprised. The entire position group just had one catch for five yards on Saturday. It was just one catch from Elijah Arroyo. And Will Mallory, he had had a very high snap count, so it's not like he wasn't out there. He was targeted four times, uh, didn't have any catches on Saturday. So he's going to need to be a much, much bigger piece moving forward. Uh, I, I like what you said about the play calling and the playbook. And I'll tell you, Brad, um, something that I'm really excited about this coming Saturday is seeing primetime Tyler Van Dyke again. Like seeing, because when, when you talked about getting punched in the mouth and having to respond, uh, I want to see TVD up his game again to you know the form he was in second half of last year. Because yet, yeah, to be fair, against Southern Miss, uh, it, first half, Tyler Van Dyke, I thought it was probably the worst he's played since the first half of the Florida State game last year. Like everybody, he got better as the game went on. 
But, you know, the version of TBD that faced Southern Miss, that's not going to beat Texas A&M. TBD has to be better this coming week. And so talk to me a little bit about what you've seen about Tyler, what you've seen from Tyler Van Dyke so far and about the receiving core, right? Because outside of Xavier Restrepo, there's been ups and downs with everyone else. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, going into the season, Tyler Van Dyke was obviously a Heisman candidate. Um, You know, he still potentially can be, you know, whether how this game goes and how he produces. But I think what you're seeing is, is some of the growing pains of finally being the guy, the starting quarterback, right? I think a lot of people forget that last year, you know, beginning of the season, this was a young man that was just, you know, sitting on the bench waiting for his opportunity. De'Ara King got hurt. Tyler Van Dyke comes in and every week he played against the defense didn't really have to usually game plan for him, or there wasn't really much on film that you had to really see to be able to adjust to. I think now what you're seeing is with this football season, him being the guy, every team we go against, they're going to have some film on him now. They're going to know his pros. They're going to know his cons. So it's up to Tyler Van Dyke to be able to adjust and adapt throughout a football game. Um, And you've seen some growing pains already, you know, in the first two games, it hasn't been the best of Tyler Van Dyke, but, but that's not a bad thing, right? I think with Miami hurricane fans, we got to sit back and kind of, enjoy college football as it is and kind of look look around us right we know that quarterback play is huge and key in winning football games and there have there are other teams and other situations that thought they were in a better situation just 24 hours ago and they're in a way worse situation uh just just looking at it today i mean look at the florida gators for example you get a two-point conversion you have a heisman candidate quarterback and now all of a sudden you play Kentucky and me and you are talking and we got just as many throwing touchdowns as Anthony Richardson. <laughs> Zero. Right. So you gotta, you gotta be at least a little bit comfortable that you got a guy in Tyler Van Dyke. We know he can throw the ball. You gotta be accurate in college football. And that is something that he definitely has. He has to improve on a little bit. There were some miscues on him this past weekend, but I expect him to, you know, go into this next game. He knows what it takes. I think some of that, that grit and nastiness, that, that we've been hearing about TVD, um, that, that's going to show this weekend. The leadership of bringing everybody together. If something doesn't go right in the first or second drive, second quarter, I want to see how TVD responds off the football field, getting everybody in, in, in camaraderie, you know, uh, talking on the sidelines. I, I want to see more of that. I mean, you talk about the receivers, man. Xavier Restrepo is doing, doing X things. Uh, we need some other guys to step up. But, you know, there, there, are some, there are some room for improvement. And, you know, I think what I like to see is there are a few guys that we have been really tough on, not just last year, but just beginning of the year this year, and you're seeing them respond. Mm-hmm. My guy won one Corey Flagg. Wow. Yes. Thank Corey you. Corey Flagg this past weekend was the best play, one of the best players on defense. I mean, you, what were some of the things? Couldn't read holes. Was too slow to the ball. The guy was checking off every box I love that. that we were down on him last year. So I, I really like to see that. I like the intensity of the D-line. We got multiple guys that can create pass rush. Your, your best pass rusher in week one didn't even play in week two. So that's something that, you know, we're still creating pressure. And your best guy in week one didn't play week two. Save him for this Texas A&M game. So we're going to be coming on all cylinders. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the game. I can't wait to be in College Station Friday morning. Um, and, yeah, man, we'll – Got to talk a little bit of recruiting while I'm here, right? We're going to dive headfirst into that right after we dive headfirst into LinkedIn Jobs. And, guys, we're going to be talking about the big names in the class of 2023, so keep it locked in. And as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is here for you, my friends. In fact, 
Let me make my background look pretty here with LinkedIn Jobs. Boom! I love what LinkedIn Jobs is doing right now. Create your free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Small businesses rate LinkedIn number one. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Alex Dono alongside Brad Tejeda from canesinsight.com. So, Brad, a name that uh, we haven't talked much about on this show who's really emerging with strong ties to Miami, class of 2023 wide receiver out of Chaminade, Edwin Joseph, who, you know, he's he's only a three-star, but we were both talking off air. I think this player is really underrated, and what can you tell me about his links to Miami? Yeah, I mean, this is a young man that I've been high on for about six to seven months now going into the season. Um, the upside is through the roof. You know, when you look at our play, not only on offense, but on defense, whether that's wide receivers or cornerbacks on this team and in the past few years, the downside has been ball skills, right? Being able to go up in the air, find the football, whether you're on offense or defense and getting that football. And Edwin Joseph is one of the best in the country at doing that. Very underrated three-star This is a young man that plays with the best of the best in South Florida. Anyone that you talk to that follows high school football in South Florida, Edwin Joseph is definitely a name to watch. Um, This is a young man that is also teammates with Jojo Trader, Jeremiah Smith. So if you want to kind of help get those guys on board, this is a key player that you want to get on your side to kind of help reel reel those guys in. And the talent is there. This is a young man, like I said, that could play both ways, wide receiver or cornerback. He's six foot tall, and the playmaking ability is there. I like this look for the Miami Hurricanes, and I expect Miami to kind of turn up the heat moving forward. And I I would expect Edwin Joseph to possibly be a Miami Hurricane and kind of help us get that JoJo, Jeremiah Smith thing rolling. I like that. And and there's a lot of other receivers being talked about, um, Not neither of which are necessarily trending to Miami, but Miami's in the mix. Talk to me about... Tyler Williams from Lakeland, Hakeem Williams from Stranahan. Uh, well, what's the outlook looking like with those two? Yeah, first and foremost with Tyler Williams, this is a, a young man from Lakeland, Florida. As we know, you know anyone that usually plays football at Lakeland High School, the 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 team to beat is usually Florida, right? Well, yeah. not in this case, Georgia, um, right? Yep, tied with Tyler Williams. Um, he's got very strong ties to Georgia, and that was actually because of our, you know first wide receivers coach going into this year with Mario Cristobal for a couple weeks. And that was a uh, coach McClendon. Um, Tyler Williams was one of the wide receivers that was the highest on Miami's board um, before we made some coaching changes um, before McClendon ended up going to Georgia. Tyler Williams was one of the top guys on our board. So we, you were starting to hear a little bit of buzz with him. Once McClendon left, went to Georgia, things kind of changed as far as their wide receiver board. And I think now that Gaddis is able to see what he's got on the field. You know, we got the speed, right? You, you, you added Ray Ray Joseph and, and, and the young Washington kid out of Balt, uh, Palmetto. Now you need some size. You need some size, some leverage, and, and a little bit of wiggle that could do a little bit of everything. 
guys that can go up and get the ball. That's where Tyler Williams and Hakeem Williams come into play. With Tyler Williams specifically, this is a 6'4", 200-pound kid. He recently canceled his official visit to Ole Miss to come see Miami um, week one against Bethune-Cookman. He loved what he, he saw from Miami. He liked the environment. Um, from everything I've been told, he is definitely coming back for an official visit. Um, he's set to uh, make an announcement September 27th, but things could change um, to look out for that. Um, and then, of course, with Hakeem Williams, this is a, a young man that we've been on for quite some time. You know, I think some people that follow recruiting, they thought for, for a while that, you know, we kind of dropped off on him and never showed him the love. This is a guy we've always, you know, pinpointed and wanted to be a Miami Hurricane. Um, and it looks like it's going to come down to Texas A&M, Miami, and Florida State right now. He should be at College Station this weekend. Um, I'm hoping to run into him. I'll, I'll try to get an interview with him. Um, but, yeah, man, this is going to be a game where he's going to want to see the environment. He's going to want to see, just like us fans, how does Miami adapt? How does Miami look in, in the big-time moments? Because as we've seen in the past, the old Miami, this is one of those games where we fall apart very quickly and it doesn't look good for us. A lot of these new recruits that we're going after, they want to see you know, what they're hearing from the staff, what they're hearing from current players on the team. There's a change. Will the change be made this weekend in College Station? And that's what a lot of you know, recruits we're going at are, are going to want to see. Another name to watch out for is Mark Fletcher out of American Heritage. This is a running back, you know, teammate Brandon Ennis. Those two guys, those are two guys that have been on the top of Miami's list from day one. I mean, I think what you're seeing with the staff, Mario Cristobal and these recruiters, man, they know how to recruit. Even though, you know, every time a, a report comes out, an article or an interview, Miami's, you know, not in the mix. Well, guess what? Behind the scenes, they're definitely in the mix with all these guys. And it comes down to relationships and being able to know how to talk to these young men. And this staff's doing a great job at that. So I expect a guy like Mark Fletcher, watch him throughout the year. I think he could possibly be a Miami Hurricane. You know, we mentioned two guys and Tyler Williams and Hakeem Williams. But the wide receiver board is, is pretty much open right now. You got Brandon Ennis. You got Jerry on Dickey. You got a couple other guys. And you already got two speedsters locked in. So this yeah. is where you're going to want to, you know, you don't want to be picky, but you definitely want to make sure you get the right guys. And I think we definitely need some height and some playmaking ability, uh, ball catching ability. So I, I definitely look for some of those guys to uh, get the heat turned up on them. And then as far as the other running back, you got Chris Johnson Jr. out of uh, Miami Dillard. This is a guy that Miami ha has always liked for a while now, ever since they saw him on campus for a couple workouts. Um, he He's one of those guys where he he's a one miss type of running back all he needs is one play and he's gone the distance um i'm loving his running ability i think he is a definitely nice one-two punch with a guy like mark fletcher um if he ends up being your only running back in the class that is okay because we got a bunch of running backs um tucked away right now and you got a guy in citizen who obviously isn't going to play this whole year so that's a a big time running back in the making that you're going to have them in your back pocket as well um but at the end of the day i think um Got to try to land two running backs in every class, and I think Miami's going to try to do that. What about as far as uh, defensive line goes? Is is there anything anything new on names like Ruben Bain, who's been tearing it up again this year already, had a great game against IMG. Uh, Damon Wilson out of Venice. Th there was a lot of Miami buzz for him, but then more recently there's a lot of Ohio State buzz because he had a great visit there uh, last week. Uh, so what's going on in, on the defensive line, and if there's anything on Mapemba as well? Yeah, I was going to say, those are pretty much the three or four guys right now. You got Damon Wilson, Samuel Pimba, Ruben Bain. Um, those guys right there, I would say Ruben Bain from, I mean, this is something that I've known, you know, for two or three years now, right? Ruben Bain, 
got to be a Miami Hurricane. You know, yeah. the 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 family his, his nickname is Hurricane. Hurricane I mean, come on, you know, dude, <laughs> the the guy is one of the best defensive players in the country, and he's in your backyard. So you got to make you got to make sure that he's you know key for that. So we'll see. Um, but as far as uh, Damon Wilson, I think he's a guy that I think you know when he played against IMG, there were there were some holes um, that you saw. I think some of the staff were, was kind of seeing, hey, this is a guy that has five star capability, but when he goes against other five stars, how is he going to react? Um, Samuel Pimba, um, there's a lot of Georgia buzz going around with Samuel Pimba, so we'll see with him. Um, David Hicks is another guy that you're going to want to watch for this A&M game. So a lot of those young players they're gonna they're gonna take it the distance so it's gonna be all about gameplay for Miami how they how they produce on the football field and they want to continue to see this trench play and the defensive line being used uh, to their strengths right so that that is going to be something to watch I think there's just one last name I wanted to ask you about uh the pancake honcho Samson Okunlola you know I know he's he's still still trending to Miami at least according to the recruiting services we were hoping he would announce something in the summer he didn't uh what's going on with Samson yeah, as far as with Samson, man, I think this is a young man where he he kind of knows how the game works. You know, he's got some good people in his corner. He knows what he brings to the table. Um, I think he's pretty much set on two or three teams. He's not one of those recruits in this day and age that kind of play the whole social media game, the diva-like thing where he, he's kind of trying to see who gets the most love. Um, he, he goes to work, man, and he's a grinder. And I think when you look at how he plays on the field, how he carries himself off the football field, um, his personality, just the way he talks, uh, some of the strengths that he looks for and not only a football team but a coaching staff, every single thing that he says, man, I don't think there's a team or a coach better that fits him than the University of Miami and Mario Cristobal. Um, I think the other teams to watch for, obviously, is Michigan State and Alabama. Um, it's a three-team race right now. But f- from what I've been told, I think Miami is still the team to beat. And if you could lock him up with a Francis Magoa, you got two of the top tackles in the nation, man. And that's that's the type of play that you're going to want going forward to where, you know, when you look at this offensive line right now, there are some good guys, you know, that we got, but it's got to it's got to progress on a whole nother a whole nother level. You're, you're seeing with even even with a team like Southern Miss, they were giving Miami some fits and problems where we had to kind of change and adapt. We had to change a couple jerseys and numbers. Right. Our, our guy, yeah. Inez Cooper. Um, one of the one of the tackles that I thought played extremely well week one um, week two, you know, he was that extra blocker tight end. He changed his number to 37 and Mario yeah, Chris ball. I, I know I, it's, it's funny because someone was asking me like, hey, who was number 37 out there? And I'm like, well, I think you're talking about Inez Cooper, but I, I forgot he changed the number because, yeah, he's look he's looked like a mauler. Yeah, I think uh, Mario, again, the, going back to the word game planning, right, you're seeing this team know the weaknesses and the strength of the opponents before the game starts, and they already have backup plans for it. And I think they saw within the first couple drives, hey, there were some stunts, there were some things where they were going in a couple gaps that they didn't like, so they block, brought in that extra blocker and Inez Cooper, and it helped tremendously. Um, so, so I like the adjustments. I like the game plan. Um, it's got to continue. And if we want to land some of these big-time recruits that we've been talking about, it's got to – the execution has to be there, and it's got to start this weekend at College Station. I love it. Make sure you follow this man at Tejeda Brad on Twitter. Check out his work at canesinsight.com. Awesome info as always, Brad. Have a wonderful week coming up. You as well, brother. I always appreciate talking Canes football with you, man. We'll, we'll get together soon, man, and go Canes. Yeah.
Go Canes. Hey, guys, make sure you get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Thanks for making us your first. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. We're going to have another, by the way, awesome guest coming up this week. Uh, we'll be talking more about that on social media. So make sure you keep it locked right here. Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.